I'm Caroline Ballard. You're listening to Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. The Great American Eclipse drew visitors from far and wide to Wyoming to see a total solar eclipse. This meant that one of the most sparsely populated states became a major tourist destination, with thousands of people crowding onto public land for a once-in-a-lifetime event. For writer Liberty Losterer, this was a cause for concern. Watch out for the damn horny toads! I wanted to shout at the pickup trucks driving across the sagebrush prairie of my Wyoming home. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a horny toad, officially called the horn lizard. But then my paleontologist friend Kelly mentioned the night before, as we camped in the Shirley Basin, that they inhabited the land, along with rattlesnakes, pronghorn, prairie dogs, and mule deer. I felt protective of them and resentful we were being invaded by outsiders. By 8.30 in the morning, there was a steady line of cars driving down Highway 77 towards the Bureau of Land Management land where we had pitched our tent the afternoon before. They were coming to watch the solar eclipse. Tens of thousands of people were descending on my state, famed for its clear skies and vast horizon. I didn't care the event of the century was upon us. I was too pissed off about the off-roading cars, SUVs, and trucks plowing across the plain, squashing horny toads, sagebrush, and Lord only knows what else underneath their out-of-state tires. It's public land, said my husband, suggesting it's a legitimate thing for all people to have access to it. I spouted off about how they'd probably bring their litter, too. And you just watch. They'll start a campfire and burn us all down. I added for good measure. On my way back from a walk to see our friend Corrine and her son Marshall at their campsite, I passed a young family. They were tailgating from their black SUV with Colorado plates. They'd come back from a hike down into the ravine to get a better look at the badlands in the distance. The four of them paraded this way and that way like they owned the place. I cursed them under my breath. Isn't the weather just amazing? It's an absolutely perfect day, exclaimed the young father. It was part public announcement, part greeting. He was tan and wearing a Denver Broncos t-shirt. He extended his arms wide when he said it as if to offer me a hug. I could see a small gap between his two front teeth. His smile was almost endearing. Almost. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely, I said, with a snarky tone in my voice. I kept my eyes on the ground and kept on walking. It was then that I felt it, a pang of remorse. As I walked closer to our campsite, I realized I wasn't angry on behalf of Wyoming horny toads. I was afraid. What if we hadn't made it to the BLM land because thousands of people beat us to it? I had an image in my mind, a nightmare really, that we'd end up stuck in traffic just minutes from the path of totality. But then we made it to our intended spot, and still I stewed, because what if the invading throngs crowded us out and ruined this once-in-a-lifetime experience? None of it made any sense. None of it. Scarcity does that. It crowds out all that is good and true. It convinces a perfectly reasonable adult that in a state as vast as Wyoming, there couldn't possibly be enough land or sky 
for her to pitch a tent and watch the eclipse. It's the same scarcity that routinely convinces me I can't possibly be a writer because countless other people are all trying to be writers too. And they're all probably creative geniuses who never struggle with self-doubt or procrastination. What's the point of including my voice in a sea of voices? So to hell with the whole creative process. The world is a competitive and hostile place. A horny toad can camouflage himself and squirt blood out of the corner of his eyes as a defense. But what does any of that matter when an enormous white Ford pickup truck comes barreling over him? You see how the scarcity thing works. It's deadly. Here's the good and the truth of it. The night before the solar eclipse, I climbed out of our tent to behold the Milky Way. I spotted a shooting star. It was an unusually quiet night. The wind, as Willa Cather said, never sleeps on this prairie. But on the night before the eclipse, the whole land fell silent and asleep. I wished in that moment I had someone, anyone, walking by so I could throw open my arms and proclaim, isn't the Milky Way just amazing? It's an absolutely perfect night. And he would say, without fear of what isn't, and aware only of what is, yes, absolutely perfect. In the end, it was perfect, from the Milky Way to the shooting star, to the way the sky drew dark at 11.43 in the morning, and a pink band spanned the horizon. Children to the east of us screamed as they danced about. I saw their arms waving in the air, and I knew. There's sky enough for all of us. The world is made more expansive by our many and varied voices, both yours and mine. Liberty Losterer is a writer living in Wyoming. She's currently working on her first book, a spiritual memoir. She blogs at liberty-losterer.com.